Wow, thank you, uh, Josiah and, and uh, group there. You could take that on the road, I think. <laughs> that was pretty amazing. And then this morning we are continuing our series, our Advent series. We're actually closing it today, obviously, since this is Christmas Eve. But she is chosen. And I'm going to read, if you would, if you want to go there, and you, whether you have your Bible or electronically, or it should be up on the screen, and uh, at Luke chapter 1, and I know part of that was just shared on that video, but I want to read it just in case uh, we kind of get a contextual idea of where we are here. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, this is Luke 1, 26 through 38, excuse me, Luke 1, 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you, are, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Well, the angel Gabriel comes, and as he had done with Zechariah earlier in this chapter, and we could come back to that maybe a little bit later, but the angel has come. And uh, I, just a side note, it really has nothing to do with anything. I just thought it was interesting. This, sometimes you, you ever read the word, and all of a sudden something jumps out at you, and you go, that just seems either kind of funny, or I don't know what the right word is, but just to start this whole conversation with Mary by greetings. <laughs> It just seems a little out of place to me. I don't know. Something, I'm about to lay something really heavy on you, and how I'm going to start this is greetings. So anyway, I just, that has nothing to do with anything, but I just was. But the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and obviously startles her, obviously is a little taken back by it. But one thing we read in Scripture, and we're not going to camp out on angels here, but I just want to make sure it's kind of hard just to skip by the fact that the angel came to her, is where big things are happening, there's a good chance an angel is there, okay? There's just a good chance when you read Scripture. I mean, before the birth of Jesus, there's an angel. At the birth of Jesus, there's an angel. At the resurrection, there's an angel. At the second coming, there are angels. There seem to be angels showing up a lot in significant significant moments in the scripture angels are really that medium of God's power they've come to execute something for God to do his will and an angel the word angel in Hebrew is the word melach and its meaning is messenger and it's the same name given to the prophet in the old testament we would call malachi 
So it, most of us know that name. But there are different ways, obviously, we all know, because you would think probably today, how's this going to apply to me? Because, hey, I've never had an angel come and speak to me, so how's this all working? Well, we believe that God speaks in different ways, right? We see it even in Scripture that God comes and speaks to people. He speaks through a donkey to Balaam, okay? If that's not crazy enough, he speaks through a burning bush, right, to Moses. He speaks through a bright light to Paul. He speaks through dreams to Peter. So there's different ways even in Scripture that we see that God comes. But he reveals himself in other ways even to us. One of those ways, I believe, is through creation. We read, If we read it here, I don't have it up on the screen, but in Romans 1.20, we would see that in creation, the evidence of God is clearly seen, so no man is without excuse. We see God. God reveals himself to us through creation. I remember back in... Uh, 1986, when Sydney was born, and I was working at a car dealership, and my boss at that time, Bill Munn, and I wasn't a Christian, and he asked me, he said, and he called me Gentry all the time, he said, Gentry, he said, uh, and he knew we were about to, you know, she was about to be born and everything, he said, Gentry, he said, uh, do you believe in God? And I'm not sure where Bill was on all this, but I, and I you know, never did really know that part. But I said, you know, I don't know. I said, yeah, probably. I said, I, I really don't know. He said, well, let me tell you this. And well, he asked me, he said, are you going to be in the delivery room? And I said, yes. He said, well, let me tell you this. If you don't believe in God now, you will then. And that stuck with me all these years. That a man that I don't even know where his faith was, he was clear that you may not believe in it now, but buddy, when you see that, you're going to see the evidence of God and his fingerprints all over it. God speaks to us through circumstances. God speaks to us through his word. God speaks to us in prayer. God speaks to us through other people. God speaks to us by taking his Holy Spirit and impressing on us in moments You know, years ago I heard this uh, story that as an old preacher went knocking on his his old farmer's door and he he felt like the Lord had told him to go speak to this farmer one afternoon. So he knocked on that farmer's door and that old farmer opened the door and the the old preacher said, and whatever his name was, he said, hey, you know, the Lord told me to come down here and speak to you. The old farmer looked at him and said, now preacher, when you say God told you, did God speak to you? When he spoke to you, did he speak to you out loud? And the old preacher just hesitated a second. He said, no, it was louder than that. How God speaks is not near as important as that he speaks. And when he speaks, he speaks with a purpose. Mary? Well, Mary was chosen. He was speaking with a purpose in her life. Verse 30 says, Do not be afraid. You have found favor. The Lord is with you. I'm going to skip down to verse 35 too. So the Holy Spirit will come on you. The Lord is with you are important words I can't overstate today. The Lord is with you. You are highly favored. In other words, God's holy grace is upon you. It's a divine blessing from God. Now, Mary hearing this is a little unusual. Mary, because as a peasant girl, this would seem a little bit out of place. 
Because Mary would have been understanding that what Gabriel was saying about the Holy Spirit being on her and in her, however you want to say it. Because all the old Jewish stories, she would have heard up to that point that only important people ever had that happen to them. So for her as a peasant girl, would have seemed highly, highly unusual. What I love about this is, is that when the Holy Spirit is in you, and how does it apply to us today? That means we're highly favored. That means that's part of our DNA. It's part of who we can be and who we are. We're highly favored. What I love about it is, because he used this peasant girl, is that he can take the ordinary, through the power of the Holy Spirit in his favor, and extraordinary things can happen. We know that he says, those of you know the, the word, especially in Acts, where Peter and John stand before the Sanhedrin. Peter and John were unschooled, ordinary men. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things because God's favor is upon them. That was Mary. I love what Mark Batterson says I've, in his book, Circle Maker. He said, the longer I live, the more I crave the favor of God. So the greatest moments in life are those moments when God intervenes on our behalf and blesses us way beyond what we expect or deserve. It's a humble reminder of His sovereignty. God's favor enables you to stand before those who would naturally stand in opposition to you, but they supernaturally step aside or stand behind you. God's favor. He says to her, do not be afraid. You have found favor. And it's better than finding favor with Bill Gates. It's better than finding favor with the president. It's better to find you have found favor with the creator of the universe. Mary asked the question, how will this be? As I said a few minutes ago, when God speaks, He speaks, I believe, with a purpose. When He reveals Himself to you, it's not just to, just to kind of awaken you. He's speaking to direct you, speaking to impress on you something. But there are times, like Mary here, you also ask the question, how? And what I love about, you know, some people would say it's not good to question God. Now, I understand what that means, and we'll talk about that in just a second, to question God. But there are times where God begins to impress on us. We begin to ask the questions, how, God? How are you going to do this? How, I, I understand what you're saying, but how? Because questions, I believe, when we, we begin to press in to what God may be uh, showing us, is it begins to expand our faith, begins to give us clarity. However, those, many times we can press in and ask all those questions and they still go unanswered. But in contrast, Mary's how, with earlier in the chapter, with a man named Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, his wife Elizabeth. Gabriel comes to him also to tell him the birth of John and that, and that, that Elizabeth is going to give birth to John. And in Luke 1, 18 through 20, uh, 
Zechariah asked the angel after, after Gabriel had said, said Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife as well, along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak again until the day this happens. Because you did not believe my words, which will come true on their, at their appointed time. Okay, in the same chapter, two different people questioning. But what's the difference, I believe? Well, what is the difference? Well, I believe Mary, in verse 34, as we read earlier, well, her how question is coming from a, a place of faith. She believes... She just wants to know how. What's the next step? Where Zechariah is coming from a place of doubt. He's coming from a place going, no, I'm going to tell you why it can't happen. And those are two different places. And unfortunately for Zechariah, he is temporarily disciplined and Mary is rewarded. You may be in a place right now going, how would this be? Because, see, that question has been asked thousands and thousands of times since Mary asked it. The Holy Spirit comes upon us, circumstances, whatever it may be, and we begin to see God speaking to us. It could be in a service. It could be wherever that may be. You know something unusual, something supernatural is speaking and impressing on you, but you ask the question, how can this be? But is that question coming from a place of faith? Or is that question coming from a place of doubt? Because the whole, the whole thing about Jesus' birth is based around the improbable, isn't it? I mean, the whole story we've told here today, I mean, from Zechariah to Elizabeth to Joseph to Mary, it's all about the improbable. It's all about the probably not. It's all about the you're kidding, right? That's what this story is about. But the thing we've always got to remember is nothing is impossible with God. You're kidding, right? But nothing is impossible with God. Mary goes on in verse, we read in verse 38. It says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Mary had the audacity to believe that God had chosen her. She says, do with my life what you want. She had the audacity to believe that God did not only chose her, He chose her to be the mother of the Messiah. Mary didn't do like Moses did. Well, I'm not good enough. God, get someone else you can talk, who can talk better than I can. Or like Zechariah going, prove it to me first, then I will. Mary simply believed that God had chose her. And because she believed, she was able to put into effect what God had chosen her to do. Again, when God speaks, He speaks with a purpose in mind. He reveals His purpose so that we will be involved in what He's trying to get done where you're engaged in the influential. 
He's trying to encourage you. He's trying to impress on you. I've got a purpose for your life. I've got a purpose why I'm speaking to you. One thing we all can say, and I thank Pastor Sarah for coming and sharing about Mortimer. I think I've got that, his name right there. Because one thing we all share as Christians is we've been in charge of spreading the good news of Jesus Christ to those around us who don't know him at all or who don't understand him at all or understand about this whole thing at all. We've been put in charge. We're messengers. And in some ways, we're Malachi's. We, have, we are to be carriers of the good news of Jesus Christ. All of our assignments obviously will not look like Mary's, okay? <laughs> but we've all been given a charge, if you will. And when you're favored and God wants to speak through you, that is an unbelievable privilege that we all carry. I want to jump ahead just to a verse in chapter 2 as we begin to close here. Verse 19 of chapter 2, it's, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. But Mary treasured up all these things that were happening, and she pondered them in her heart. Now let me say this about ponder. Ponder's not like you see sometimes and you go, hmm, let me think about that. Where you're kind of lightly going, I'll get, I'll get around to it. Let, let me think about it uh, for a moment. No, pondering is taking Information and weighing it, where you actually feel the weight of that pondering. You feel, you take the circumstances and you feel the weight of it. It says, Mary kept all these things in her heart. She remembered what the angel had said to, to her before Jesus' birth. She remembered what happened to Elizabeth. She remembered what happened to the shepherds. She remembered what happened in the, in the manger. She pondered these things. Moms know what it's like to ponder. All of us have the ability to ponder, but moms, many times when they look at their children, they can relate to Mary here. When they look at all the circumstances and all the things that have happened, and you weigh it for the best interest of your child, for the best interest of your hope for their future, you weigh it. And it weighs a lot if you take it serious. In Luke chapter 2, Jesus is 12 years old, family had been in Jerusalem. He left. Forgot somebody. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so they come back for him and they find him sitting with the teachers. And he says this. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth at them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. She waited. She pondered it. See, Mary is the only person who loved Jesus from the beginning to the end. She's the only one that really knew how to love him before he was born. Something moms have that, you know, I, I know for all four of our children that before, as, as Jan was 
carrying them. She would pray over them. She would, she would sing to them. She would, it was just something about that bonding. And of course, I was there and I would sing and I would pray. And, and, and that's probably the reason so many of them can't sing themselves now. I don't know. <laughs> Me singing over them. Should have just left that to Jan. But anyway, no, they can sing. They can sing. But that special bond, even before. And can you imagine if you were Mary, seeing Jesus, and I'm giving a, probably a more modern day version of this, I don't know, but Jesus taking the apron off, taking the gloves off, dusting the sawdust off his hands, 30 years in. And she pondered it. When she saw him baptized, or knew of his baptism, that she knew from that moment on she would only watch her son from a distance. I love the words that were saying, not only the way they sang them, the five just a few minutes ago, but I love these words. I just want to say them again. Mary, did you know your baby boy would someday walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? <laughs> this child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm a, star, a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you have kissed the face of God. Mary, did you know? In the manger, did she know that she would be standing there 33 years later? Almost a 50-year-old woman, we're guessing, give or take. Raised a house full of kids. Did she know that she would have to see and watch this baby die this horrific death? We don't know. But what I do know and what I believe by what we read, Mary knew she was chosen. And she said, let it be fulfilled in me. Amen? Amen. Won't you stand? I'm going to close as a prayer. And it's called Mary's Song. If you were in Luke chapter 1, 46 through 55, and you were looking in your Bible, there's a chance it may say Mary's Song. And the reason I'm using this today as a closing prayer for today is because, obviously, we spoke on Mary today in, in a part of our Advent series, but it's also, if, you, if you've got the devotional that we've been doing, it's also the prayer for this week. Each week has a prayer that you pray on a daily, if you want to, a daily basis or over, however often you want to do it. But it's that weekly prayer. And I want to read it. And it'll be up on the screen, I think. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For He has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call him blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. 
His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped His servant Israel remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever just as He promised our ancestors. Amen and amen. Thank you guys for being here today. God bless you. I hope you have a blessed holiday season. And again, we are all chosen as Mary. And I just ask you today to step into that and Lord, let your will be done. God bless. Have a great, great holiday season.